And now, it's Thursday Finance with Stephen Pritchard, Certified Accountant, Stockbroker and Financial Planner. And in fact, it's not Stephen Pritchard today. While he's away, it is Brett Dean coming in. Brett Dean. Brett Hall, it is coming in. I uh, I have this image of you, Brett. But anyway, the goods are there. We're going to be talking to Henry Jennings. And who's our special guest today as well? Uh, today we've got Mandy Barton coming in from um, from Centrelink, or the old Centrelink, the Department of uh, Human Services, to talk about uh, rent assistance. And a little bit later on, when Mandy arrives, we're happy, or she's happy, to take a call or two from you as well. Just a little while, we'll hear from Mandy Barton. She'll be with us from the Department of Human Services on Rent Assistance and Henry Jennings is just around the corner. But Brett, Brett Hall, what about, there seems to have been an awful lot on housing and prices of housing and things like this and uh, some concern expressed in the national press, in fact. Yeah, that's right. Over the past week, I've I've noticed uh, the same thing. There's There's been more coverage of, of housing prices. It's everyone's favourite topic when house prices are increasing and probably the least favourite topic when they uh, start to decline. So especially um, in Melbourne and Sydney, there's uh, data coming out um, showing some, you know, decreases in, in house prices. Uh, you know, going back a few months, it was more data around house, house, houses are sitting longer on the market. Um, and now I guess there's more evidence to suggest that, um, you know, prices are are lower so um and you know there's the the reason behind that is um or one of the reasons is um you know, the lending uh, by the by the banks um has become a lot more difficult so uh, access to finance um is is now more more difficult um as a you know some as a result of the um the royal commission into the into the bank so um yeah so that's that's playing out um not not great obviously no one likes to uh see house prices fall it's um you know i it's a bit of a a gauge for people in terms of um you know how they feel about their wealth so it uh, has a bit of a flow on effect at the same time prices in sydney are so much higher than prices in newcastle yeah that's right that's and, right and um, newcastle prices i believe are still going up a little bit yeah the, um, it was reported in the herald last week and we touched on it last week um the newcastle house prices have um have been quite buoyant and and still um doing uh doing well um over the past that was over the past 12 months so it'll be interesting to see uh how how we fare over the the coming months and see if the the trend from the capital cities um you know is the same here Mm. in the meantime uh, how are we going with our our bar of our ingot (laughs) (laughs) yeah so commodities this week um are relatively uh flat across the week um gold's uh trading at $1,648 an ounce uh, copper eight thousand four hundred and fifty two dollars a ton, and uh, nickel is uh, eighteen thousand seven hundred sixty two, so up three percent on last week. And currencies this week, so one Australian dollar buys uh, seventy four uh, US cents uh, and uh, 0.56 pound, and Australian dollar buys five point oh four uh, yuan. And in New Zealand, one Australian dollar will get you. 1.08 New Zealand mm. dollars. Much the same as, as it has been over the last yeah, little while. all currencies quite mm. flat mm-hmm. at the moment. Uh, so, and then on the stock market um, in Australia, the All Ordinaries Index uh, is flat on last week. So trading um, well, index is at uh, 6,362. And in the US, it's uh, 2,813. 
now, and the Hang Seng is uh, down 1.5% on last week at 28340 Now, particular stock prices... Local, well, locally favoured stocks. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, that's true. Uh, BHP um, is up uh, the, on last week, so up 4.5% at $35.08, and we'll touch on uh, BHP and Rio when we talk to Henry shortly. Uh, the Commonwealth Bank is trading at $73.71. And the uh, NHF, which is NIB, the health insurer, is trading at $5.64. Uh, Telstra $2.84, which is up slightly, and we'll have a chat about that as well with Henry. And fuel prices, lastly. So i um, happy if you're in Sydney and uh, using unleaded. It's down 7% on last week at $1.38. In Newcastle, it's $1.47. And diesel in Newcastle... A dollar fifty-two, and in Sydney, a dollar fifty. And as always, there seems to be a fair variation um, mm. in with even within suburbs. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we get those from our own. Yes, yeah. of course. Time for our market update on Thursday. Finance, Brett Hall, and Henry Jennings is joining us for the same. Hi, Henry. Thanks for joining us again this week. My pleasure, Brett. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. So. Last week, uh, we touched on the uh, merger of Nine and Fairfax. It was announced last Thursday, just before, in the morning before our program. Um, okay. There's been a, a bit of commentary around it, obviously, as, as the market has absorbed it. Um, yeah, so it, it's still, at this stage, going ahead? Uh, well, very much so. Full steam mm-hmm. ahead, I guess, is the, uh, is the answer for the merger. They got uh, the backing of uh, Bruce Gordon from, uh, from Wynn, mm-hmm. uh, said that uh, he thought it was a good deal. Um, the market still seems to be a little bit sceptical about it, and there is the possibility that we may see another uh, bidder emerge. You never know. Stranger things have happened. But certainly the market is... Um, uh, there's some high-profile investors have said that the price is too low and that maybe they need to sweeten it. Um, and, of course, there's lots of commentary in uh, the media about the benefits to uh, Fairfax, if there are any, the disappearance of the name, um, which, of course, has been a, a long-venerated uh, uh, name in Australian media for such a long time. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. Of course, I'm sure the ACCC is going to have words to say about it. So there's, there's plenty of time to go between this deal gets consummated and lots of things could happen. Yeah. Uh, but, but at the moment, I think it's, it's probably underwhelmed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, from its initial sort of blast of optimism. Um, there's a little bit of uh, cynicism now creeping in and, and people um, giving their own opinions, I guess, on whether it should go through or not. Yeah. So I've also read uh, a couple of articles which I thought was interesting, suggesting that um, the revenues from free-to-air TV um, have actually been increasing. And that, uh, that was something that surprised me. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you know, that they've had some some good shows, um, you know, MasterChef and those sorts of shows, mm-hmm. done well for the free-to-air TV side of things. So, and I think you know, there's a bit of a backlash against um, other media companies in the internet sphere in terms of you know, the fake news and whether you can trust the news and that sort of stuff. So, I think we're um, we have seen a bit of a shift back towards um, towards analog or free-to-air, I guess, mm-hmm. in that digital media space. But you know, digital. Yep. Yep. Uh, a, a good jobs number and good unemployment figures and those sorts of things. 
Yep. So uh, talking about, I guess, digital uh, media and advertising, etc. So Facebook share price um, well right. publicised, down 20% on, on its previous highs. And, um, yeah, so I, I read an article today that uh, Hamish Douglas, who we know of as a uh, fund manager, um, uh, through Magellan, they're a, a significant investor in Facebook. He was suggesting that management may have engineered somewhat the share price fall. And I yeah. don't quite understand that. No, I think that's wishful thinking. Mm. Uh, Magellan's biggest holding is in, is in Facebook. Um, stock price fell by 20%, $120 billion US dollars wiped off the, uh, the market capitalisation. So it's no small fall. Um, he did, you know, he does point out they're only back to where they were um, six weeks ago. Having yep. said that, um, you know, it's still significant. Um, I must admit, when I read the, um, the same article you did, I guess, on, on, in the AFR, did feel that that was a bit strange, mm. uh, some sort of conspiracy by the management to be deliberately vague and mysterious um, in sort of uh, in reaction to, to regulators looking more closely at their, um, at their business. I mean, the problem that Facebook have got is that, um, you know, less people are using it. Um, and certainly there's a generation of, um, of kids that are growing up that don't really touch Facebook. It's not cool. It's not groovy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's kind of become an old, older person's <laughs> platform, um, which, which I've got to say, the same thing happened to Billabong. Um, yep. Billabong was a cool and, and, and trendy yep. uh, uh, surf brand for, for young people, but then their dad started adopting it, and who, who wants to wear the same clothes as your dad? <laughs> um, you know, dads That's always true. want to wear the same clothes as their sons, but they didn't want to do it the other way around. And then it became daggy, and of course the uh, the, um, the the, the um, retail business suffered because of yep. it. And we know, we know how badly Billabong. I'm not suggesting that Facebook goes the same way, but um, it's certainly an issue when you do uh, change that demographic or when a demographic you know it ages and mm. changes and morphs into something else. So mm-hmm. you have to be careful, especially with this. Uh, there is a, a big regulatory clampdown around the world uh, going on on what's fake news and what are, what are, you know some of the articles and some of the yeah. Um, biases they push you into, and that yep. um, to um, to sort of counter that, it, it costs money because you need eyeballs and people to actually go through that and decide whether they are fake news. And yes, the costs increase and uh, and eyeballs decrease. It's not a not a winning formula. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of winning formulas, uh, Rio and BHP um, a tip to uh, pay um, some record dividends this year. Rio announced their numbers last night. Um, they announced $7.2 billion of returns to shareholders, which is pretty uh, significant. Um, 3.2 of that came from um, their business, and $4 billion came from asset disposals. Um, they are paying a, a $2.2 billion dividend, which is around 127 US cents. That's 50% of underlying earnings. So you know, they're being pretty generous. They're still... I suspect more to come. They announced a $1 billion um, top-up to the buyback already in place on the London shares that are listed. Um, And there will be more goodies to come for shareholders down the track, um, I suspect. So, um, yeah, certainly the the, um, the big resource and big miners now are becoming certainly a lot more um, generous to shareholders than they had done in the past. Yeah. Um, and we've seen, um, unfortunately, it hasn't really helped. The share price rise is down uh, over 3% today. So um, it's not really helping the shares. There was a lot of um, this already built into the share price. So um, there is a little bit of that going on. But uh, certainly we're expecting BHP 
actually, as they've just sold their U.S. shale business for um, $13 billion um, U.S. Uh, Aussie dollars, which sounds an awful lot, um, and it is an awful lot. Unfortunately, they paid $20 billion for it. Mm. They spent another nine on it. So although the market's applauding them for selling it, <laughs> it's really been an awful, awful waste of um, shareholders' money. Yes, yes. Awful waste. Yeah. It is Thursday Finance and our market update with Henry Jennings and Brett Hall, of course. Yes, Henry. Uh, so the um, chief, chief executive of Telstra has uh, done some shuffling or some rejuvenating of the executive team, um, <coughs> obviously in an attempt to try and uh, improve their, their revenue. <coughs> see that as a, being a bit strategic, I guess, in... Trying to <laughs> maybe uh, uh, move the direction of, of of where they can gain their revenue. Does, does um, did the captain of the Titanic rearrange the deck chairs and then call it strategic? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that that that's the problem that Telstra have got. They are um, they're kind of um, being bypassed by the world. Um, I was at um, a, a conference on the Gold Coast in the last few days, and you know, one of the things that uh, the, the big tech companies have really good at is not paying shareholders dividends and reinvesting the money back in their business to grow the platform, to mm. grow that network effect. And, and unfortunately, Telstra have gone the other way and they've um, given money very generously to shareholders, in some cases more than the profit. Mm. Um, and as a result, their ability to invest back in the business and become a, a tech behemoth has, um, has slipped by them. And of course, now they're kind of stuck into that cycle of um, do they reward shareholders continually and pay down those big dividends um, that people bought them for? Mm. Or do they uh, slash the dividend and reinvest the money back into the business and try and become a, a tech um, giant again? Um, and they're, they're stuck with it, I guess. You know, maybe somewhere in, in the middle is mm. the answer. But at the moment, all they're doing is they're trying to split their business into a smaller business, into an infrastructure business, and a, yeah. a sort of a, a retail business. They're changing lots of uh, mobile plans. They're being very competitive. Mm. All that sort of stuff is great. But at the end of the day, um, the fundamentally, they have an issue um, that the NBN is eating their lunch. Mm. 5, 5G may or may not be the answer. Um, we shall see whether that is the answer, but it's going to be a little way down the track at whatever. So um, yep. it's, it's, um, it's, it would be um, tough to be the Telstra CEO. He did, um, David Thody, who was the previous CEO, got out at exactly the right time. So with regards to 5G, any ideas on how far that is down the track to see whether it actually is a bit of a saviour for, for Telstra? It's not going to be a saviour for Telstra. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, to enable it to be um, to be done, there's really no sort of worldwide consensus on how 5G is going to work. It will require a whole new handset. You won't be able to use your old phone on 5G. Yep. 4G to 5G doesn't work. But the speeds that you get um, will not be sufficiently attractive um, to warrant spending another 1,400 bucks or whatever it is on a new smartphone. Mm-hmm.
mm-hmm. and that will be attractive. It will be a premium service. Whether people will pay a premium remains to be seen. And the other thing is that it will open up a lot of possibilities for the whole Internet of Things, where everything's connected to everything, sensors, driverless cars, because it's all about, it's not just the download speeds, but it's also the upload speeds in terms of how quickly you can upload that information while your car is driving along the F1 um, to Newcastle how quickly that uh, that information is being uploaded. So I, I think it's going to be very competitive. It's going to be a premium service to begin with. Whether people will pay for it remains to be seen. Um, but certainly it will... I don't think it's going to be the saviour. It might help, but it's certainly not, I don't think, going to be the saviour. Mm-hmm. And lastly, Henry, uh, interest rates. So... Um being talked about a lot, the, uh, the, the cost of funding, um, and it seems to be uh, hurting the smaller, the smaller lenders uh, more so than the, the big banks. Um, so some movement uh, in variable rates by the small lenders and um, upwards and the fixed rates um, being a bit more competitive and lenders across the board uh, dropping their fixed rates. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, um, there's a massive amount of competition, of course, the pie is shrinking uh, in this country. We've seen a, a significant uh, downturn in, in house prices, especially in Sydney and Melbourne. Mm. Um, and that looks set to continue. There's, you know, there's Armageddon kind of uh, calls in the newspaper most days from some research house that's yep. predicting the end of the property prices as we know it. They've been probably doing that for as long as I can remember. Mm. Um, and they have been in wrong for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no doubt things got a little bit out of control, a little bit superheated. Yeah. Uh, but it's a competitive market. As you say, funding costs are going up. Worldwide interest rates are going up. Mm-hmm. No matter what the RBA thinks, the US rates are going up. The UK is set to raise their rates today or, or tonight. So, um, yeah, interest rates, we have seen record lows. You will not see it again mm. for a long time. And uh, yeah, this is going to squeeze margins with the banks. Uh, the big banks have uh, more pricing power, if you like, because they can access uh, money slightly cheaper because they're bigger and safer, whereas the little guys don't have the same um, comfort level of being able to access those those sources of funding. So it's going to be interesting, and uh, I think you know we, we need to get our heads around the fact that uh, our interest rates are not going to stay this low forever. Yes, yeah, that's right. Well, thank you very much, Henry. Uh, great to have you, um, as always. And we look forward to talking to Henry Jennings again next Thursday in Thursday Finance on 2NURFM. It is 18 to 1. We're going to slip into the 2NURFM.com events calendar. Coming up tomorrow, no, tonight, today is Thursday, so it's tonight at 7 o'clock till 8.30. The New South Wales Justices, the JPs, get together in the Lake Macquarie branch, which is at Club Macquarie in Main Road, Argenton. And all JPs are welcome to attend. There's a, a, a short training session happening afterwards as well. Check out all the details to anurfm.com, the events calendar, and you can add your own event there too if you'd like it to be um, spread around, the word to go. It's time to take a look at Centrelink or Human Resources as it's now known. Um, yeah, and Mandy Barton is joining us. Brett Hall, we're going to find out about... Rent assistance. Yes, yeah, so Mandy, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Brett. Uh, so, rent assistance. Firstly, 
what is it? So rent assistance is a is a supplementary benefit that can be attached to other payments that um, Centrelink pay. Mm-hmm. So where a person's basically paying private rent, uh, board and lodgings and the like, mm-hmm. uh, they may be able to qualify for some additional payments um, on top of their other entitlements uh, yep. in the form of rent assistance. Okay, very good. And um, so you touched on it just then, but I guess it's worthwhile going over again. Um, so can a person apply for rent assistance if they're not receiving other Centrelink payments? No, it's not It's not an in- a payment that can be applied for in its own right. So a person must be receiving a primary payment to mm-hmm. receive rent assistance in addition as the supplementary benefit. So they need to be receiving either a pension, mm-hmm. so our age, disability or carers payment, mm-hmm. um, an allowance payment, so new start allowance, uh, partner's allowance, widow allowance, um, ab study, mm-hmm. or people who are receiving more than the minimum rate of family tax benefit part A they can also qualify for rent assistance. Okay, yep. So um, uh, who can receive it? So I know we touched on, you know, you need to receive, uh, be receiving already a, an allowance or, um, or a pension. Um, so is there, sort of, I guess, a, a bit more of an umbrella specifically? Um, so if you're living at home with your parents type thing or is it you need to be out? paying rent to a landlord? So you need to be... um, There's different scenarios, obviously. So generally, a primary tenant can be eligible for rent assistance. So if Mm -hmm. a person has a lease in their name, uh, they can qualify for rent assistance. Um, People who are sharing accommodation with others, Mm -hmm. so, you know, quite common with students, for example, who might be um, pooling resources to share accommodation. If you're boarding and lodging with someone, Mm -hmm. there are instances when a person can receive rent assistance living with their parents, um, but not in all cases. So yeah. there's exceptions to that. Um, sometimes subtenants can also receive rent assistance. So you might mm-hmm. be, you know, th- there might be a primary tenant and you have someone else living with you. Um, they can also potentially receive some rent assistance. Okay. So uh, um, would you need to appear on a lease if you're, if I was uh, in a, say, a share house um, with with friends um, and um, I'm receiving an allowance? Does my name need to appear on that lease? How do I guess how to how to how would I prove to send a link that I'm actually um, paying rent? I may just be paying it to my friend's bank account um, who is responsible for the lease payment to the uh, to the landlord or to the agency. So uh, do I need to, when I go into that arrangement, do I need to uh, get my name on the lease? Um, not necessarily don't need to be on the lease. So we can pay to a subtenant, but we'd certainly need to, pr- to have verification of the fact that you are paying, you know, the primary tenant some rent yep. to live there. So like sharing the rent in effect. So there is documentation that we would require to prove that. But mm-hmm. no, you don't have to necessarily be on the lease. Okay, great. Not all, not all rental arrangements have a lease. Yes, true. So yeah, we, we, we don't, you know, get a lease for every person applying for rent assistance. Mm-hmm. Okay, so is it uh, is it paid uh, with the with the pension or the allowance um, received from Centrelink? Is it paid together at the, on the same? Um, the same day, same yes, day, yeah. it is. So you can't actually ask for your rent assistance to be paid on a separate day. The rent assistance will come in with your primary payment, but you certainly have the choice of when you actually get paid that primary payment. Mm-hmm. So if you are renting and your rent's due every, you know, every second Wednesday, for example, you can line up your Centrelink payments to be paid on that day yep. so that, you know, when you're, you receive your payment, you can pay that rent straight away. Yep, okay. So can a person who owns 
their own home uh, receive rent assistance? Okay, well, generally not. Generally, homeowners are not eligible to receive rent assistance. But of course, um, there are exceptions to every rule. Mm -hmm. And most commonly, homeowners who might be residing in a a caravan park type arrangement, so Mm -hmm. mobile home, village, etc., they may own the dwelling that they're living in, but they don't own the land on which it's sitting. So if they're paying site fees to rent that land, Mm -hmm. then they can actually apply for rent assistance in relation to those site fees. Yep. Okay, very good. Well, thank you, Manny. We'll um, just take a a short break and we'll come back with some more questions on rent assistance. We will indeed. And if you've got a question you'd like to put to Mandy Barton today, then you can give us a call 49216216 and we'll see if we can get that answered. Joy has rung in. And Joy, you've got a question you'd like to put to Mandy. Would you like to mention your caravan question? Yes, thank you. Good afternoon, Karen. Mandy, it is. <laughs> hey, Jay. Really sorry, sorry, okay. Mandy. Um, I've, my husband and I own an on-site van at Wanji, and um, we can't live here all the time because we're not allowed. But um, we, I was just wondering. I heard what you said about rental assistance. Are we actually entitled to receive rental assistance for that or not? Joy, when you're not living at the van at Wanji, where are you actually living? Um, at Western and um, at Western. In a house that you own, or in yes, the yes, okay, in so the house that we own, yes. Because you'd be considered homeowners at Western, the home at Western would be an exempt asset, and as homeowners of that property, unfortunately, you're not eligible to receive rent assistance okay. for the van. Okay. Right, yeah, then. Thanks very much for that, Mandy. No worries. Thanks for your call, Joy. Jeff has rung in from Stanhope, and you've got a question about rent assistance as well, Jeff. Yes, I do. Thank you. Go for it. And Mandy, how are you today? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Good, love, good. What's you your... Know, mm-hmm. And I, I work. Sorry, we're having trouble yeah. hearing you. We're not hearing everything. Would you like to try again? Yeah, how's that? Well, keep asking. How's that? Yeah? yeah. You there? Yeah, yes. keep going. Yeah? Yes. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm nearly 70 and I, I work. I still work and I only receive a... A, a, a part pension yes. because of me wages. And, uh, I'm just wondering whether I'm entitled to uh, rent assistance. So, do you own the ha- your home in which you no. live? No, so- no, no. I, I rent it. Rent from the people I work for. Okay, so you're paying rent, and you have like a yes. lease arrangement or a rental agreement yep. with them. Oh, no, it's just a verbal verbal thing. Yeah, uh, but as, as long as you're paying a regular rent and it's it's not yeah. to the Department of Housing, Department of Housing, you're no. not eligible for rent assistance there. No, no, um, private people. Yeah, then you can actually put in an application for rent assistance based on the rent that you're paying. Oh, right. Uh, even though I am working, I get a... Uh I get a wage and then it's just a top up with the... Uh, yep, as long as, you're getting, as long as you're getting some pension, we can test your eligibility for rent assistance in addition to that pension. Fantastic. That's worth a question. Well done, Jeff, and good luck with that. Carmen has also rung in. Um, and your question about rent assistance, Carmen. Good afternoon. Yes, my question is, what is the maximum rental assistance you can get and what rent do you have to be paying to get that? That actually depends on whether you are single or partnered. Um, the okay, I'm single. 
the thresh- I don't actually have the thresholds at hand at the moment, Carmen. The maximum rate of rent assistance off the top of my head for a single person is $134.80 per fortnight. To receive it, I'm not quite sure of that threshold. I can't um, bring it to mind at the moment, but I can get your details and give you a call when I get back to the office with no, that figure. Look, it's, a- it's okay. Thank you very much. Once you said $134.80, that's what I'm getting. Okay. So I, I just... just- it's just that our rent has increased. Right, okay, yes. Um, so I, that's why I'm asking that yeah. question. Well, that but is no, the maximum. The maximum, yeah, that's fine. Thank you very much for that information. And Thank you. thanks for your question, Carmen. So we're talking about rent assistance okay. um, with Mandy and with Brett. Yeah, Mandy, so um, so retirement villages, obviously some people live in, uh, in those. Are they eligible to receive rental assistance? Eligibility for rent assistance in retirement village is a little bit more complicated. It's based on the amount that a person paid to enter the retirement village and mm-hmm. we ca- we look at the date they entered, the amount they paid, mm-hmm. and we then compare that against something to check if they're eligible for rent assistance. So the answer to that question is some people may. Um, the majority of people probably don't based on their entry contributions though. Mm-hmm. It's something they'd have to check individually. So- aged care residents are not eligible for rent assistance. So when yep. a person's in government-funded aged care, um, there's no rent assistance payable. Okay, yep. So uh, so lastly, how is the rate calculated? Rate's calculated based on the amount of rate paid, uh, the mm. amount of rent paid, sorry, um, and we compare that against a threshold. Um, as Carmen just mentioned, um, diff- different rent assistance can apply based on the amount you pay, uh, but once you reach that maximum rate of rent assistance, if you do get a little bit of a rent rise, unfortunately your rent assistance doesn't go up. Yep. And finally, you've got some seminars, financial we seminars do, coming we up. We do. Mandy. We just had one day last week up in Port Stephens, which was very successful. We had about 140 people attending. And our next big day of seminars is at Charlestown, at the Central Charlestown um, Leagues Club, on Friday the 24th of August. And we've got four seminars starting at 10.30 in the morning um, about your pension, superannuation, accommodation options and aged care. So people can hop onto the humanservices.gov.au website and look at those seminars and book in to come and see myself and my colleagues. Thank you very much for joining us today very informative as always and thank you brett hall thank you thursday finance again next uh thursday 